Welcome to this week's Parenting with Play episode. I'm so pleased you're here. This week, we've got Shelley Clark back from Embodied Therapies talking about how to help our kids with sensory processing because this is something that I increasingly see with clients who come to me talking about how their children have difficulty with certain issues. So I'm so thrilled to have Shelley here. Shelley, do you want to just explain a bit more about your background again, and then we can launch into how to help our children? Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So my background is as a physiotherapist initially. um, And then in the last five years, I've really done a lot more study in craniosacral therapy, which is really about um, a nice gentle therapy. I think I spoke a little bit about this last time, hands-on body work, but it really helps our nervous systems and, and a big part of what we do um, with the children that I work with is helping to downregulate their nervous system. So over the last few years, I've learned a lot more about sensory processing things. And um, as I was also learning about aware parenting, applying some of these things with my kids, I realised that a lot of the games that were, I was playing at home was also helping my son and my daughter with uh, helping to downregulate their nervous system. So and when yeah. you say downregulate your yes. nervous system, what, what do that? you mean? Yeah. Yes, great. That's what it's going to go into <laughs> next. So um, in a nutshell, we have different parts of our nervous system, okay? And so we have our fight, flight, freeze part of our nervous system, which is our sympathetic nervous system. So that's the part that is activated when um, we're a bit scared or when there's, we, we, you know, there's a perceived threat or a threat. Um, it's part of our brain that lights up and goes, right, ready for action. We're either going to fight, we're going to run away, or we'll freeze and, and play, play dead, really. Um, and so that's part of our, you know, that, that's a sympathetic part of our nervous system. And then we also have uh, the parasympathetic part of our nervous system. So this is making up of our autonomic nervous system. So these two parts of our autonomic nervous system. And autonomic just means the things that happen in our body without us thinking about it, the breathing, our heart rate, um, all of our hormones and things like that. So you've got the sympathetic part, the fight and flight part, and the parasympathetic part. Now, the parasympathetic part is the resting, the digesting of our food, being able to sleep um often that part is also the social engagement part so being able to um make eye contact uh smile that sort of you know when you're in that um joyous part where you can kind of really you see it in your kids you really see that they're regulated they're engaged with you they are um are there with you you feel them yeah. So we can tell our kids are often, so we, we often talk about that as being regulated and, and dysregulated. So we're, when we're in those parts of our nervous system, you need your sympathetic nervous system. You need to be able to go into fight and flight, to have an action, but then you also need to be able to come back into that more regulated, calm state as well. So Thinking back to when we, you know, when we were cavemen and there was a tiger and you had to run away from the tiger. So our sympathetic part of our nervous system would be activated. But once that threat was, um, was gone, 
you then went back into the cave with your, you know, in your safety, in your environment, and your nervous system would go through a series of things, like it might shake, it might, um, you might need to move your body, you, you know, it would do, you might cry, you, that's sort of a big part of what we talk about in aware parenting. Um, you have these natural ways to help your body come back into balance, come back into regulation. To release the stress, release to the release tension. release that tension, to release that energy that's sort of left over from being in that fight and flight state. Um, and so that's what happens. And when we talk about down-regulating, it's really that sometimes we can get stuck in this sympathetic overdrive in, in this state. And you can probably relate, I certainly can relate. <laughs> Most people are in this busy, fast-paced life. We're stressed, parents are stressed. Um, and a lot there's of no us, downtime. It's no just downtime. ongoing. And even typically we don't even really celebrate rest or honor rest. No. Um, you know, it's always busy and what's next and what's next. And, and so we're constantly in this state of being overstimulated and, and um, you know, upregulated, like really quite um, in that sympathetic part. And our bodies really forget or we struggle to come back into that um, parasympathetic state, the social engagement part of your nervous system, that calm, balanced state. We struggle to do that. Um, even on our own, because our bodies tend to forget how to. And so that's what I mean by when we say down-regulate. You're down-regulating your nervous system to coming back into that balanced, regulated, calm, natural state. And that down-regulation, does it have to be the trembling and the crying, or is it just an easy thing that you can do in other ways? Yeah, you can do it in other ways. So I think one of the things with aware parenting and hand-in-hand when we're listening to feelings, so when our kids are crying um, and they're releasing feelings and emotions, that is, one, that is one of our natural ways of coming back into that state. We know that and we can often see that with our children once they've had a big cry, they're much calmer afterwards. They then, oh. go, they then go and play their, with their trucks on their own for hours after and you're like, oh, there we go. You and know. you can see it in their face. Yeah. It's yeah. just such a different you can just, they're so much more present in their eyes and their face and their bodies and they're relaxed. It's, it's quite extraordinary how different they are. Absolutely. And you might find that, um, they were avoiding eye contact and you can just sense it through their system. I know, you know, my kids, I pick them up from school and you just kind of scan them. (laughs) Sometimes it's immediately apparent. They just come in and like, (laughs) exactly. And they're just, throw the bag down. You're like, how is school? Fine. And you're like, okay. um, but you know, you can tell that's for them is that, that um, they've built up tension from the day because often what they've been doing is regulating throughout the whole day and holding on to all these little things. And then when they come back into that safe place, so you're their safe place, they then offload their tension and they're doing the natural thing that they know how to come back into balance for themselves and to come back into regulation. So absolutely listening to feelings, I think is really important. Um, Helping them through their, you know, their fears. And if they are shaking, you know, being there with them and knowing that it is a natural response um, to whatever's been going on for the day, but also 
from past things that might be coming up as well. So those things are really helpful to um, help our kids to come back into regulation. But what we were going, what I was going to talk about is some of the sensory things as well that we see that I treat and see kids in the clinic um, and explain a little bit more about that for parents too. So sensory processing is that we're constantly processing things in our environment through all of our senses. And so there's the eight different ways that we're doing this. So visually through our eyes, through what they're seeing and taking in from school, auditory, so how they're hearing things, how well they're picking up, you know, tone, how they process speed of people talking. So there's all different ways that, you know, with auditory processing, you can have, you know, you can be good at three or four different ways, but you might just not pick up things when there's background noise. So there's just all these different things with, within the one system. Then there's tactile and touch. So we're Which is often a common thing, isn't it? That kids often don't like labels or the way that their socks are feeling. Yes. And that's a really common yes. thing. Yes, yes. So tactile. So, you know, even within the tactile, there's deep, you know, there's firmer pressure than there's the soft sort of touch. There's tags that might be itching. Um, and I know for my son, um, you know, that sort of tags, tactile, when he was a baby, he hated sand and just yes. didn't walk on sand for ages. He hated getting his hands dirty in slime. And, you know, um, whereas my daughter, she's very tactile and, set and processes through um, sensory. And so she's constantly playing with slime and paint. And she doesn't just paint on the paper. She like gets the paint and puts it all over her hands because <laughs> she really loves that, 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 that sensory touch. Um, mm. And that's how she processes things. So, uh, and then there's taste. So, you know, how we process it through our mouth and taste, smell. You know, some kids can be really, and this isn't just kids actually, by the way, I must say that we all, like even adults, have different things in different ways that we prefer to process um, through our senses. And I know my husband hates noise. So if you're crunching, he can't handle the crunching. So he's got a bit of sense, you know, hearing yeah. auditory. Um, I really like silence as if there's been lots of background noise for me. It's really hard for me to process and I feel quite overwhelmed if I'm in a pub or somewhere. Yeah. And so for me, I know that silence is really good. And when I'm in a silent room, I can feel that relaxation within my nervous system and within my body. Yeah. So it's the same for our kids. And so it's just um, knowing about this, about how they process through their senses. And some kids are on, uh, you know, we're all on a spectrum and some have sensory processing disorder where it is, a diagnosed, um, you know, they have trouble in certain areas, but but all kids will have certain tendencies. Um, so what are we up to? Smell. Then there's proprioception. So proprioception is um, where our body is in space and our ability to be able to know that our thumbs pointing upwards and now our thumbs pointing down or that we're bending our arms and legs in a certain way. So, oh, now I'm actually jumping. So it's our ability to know where our body is in space. So does and that lead that you can't 
judge where to jump to or yeah potentially anything well that could be a few things that could be your visual system of how your depth perception or that could be you just don't quite know where your body is so these kids might struggle with with that coordination piece so you don't kind of have great proprioception your balance might be a little bit off um you might find it really hard to coordinate movements and actions like climbing so kids you know might struggle with climbing on um play equipments and things like that if they're not quite sure where they are in space and also these kids might really then seek out that um uh feedback so that they have a bit more of an understanding so for instance you know the kids that love rough and tumble play and love being really like banging up against other people and um and i'll talk a bit more about these are games that parents can play to help their kids process through their body and through some of these ways. So um, I know my son really loves the feeling of, of rough housing against his body. So it's constantly giving him feedback um, as to where his body is in space, where he ends and, and what that feels like. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So proprioception is really important. Then we've got our vestibular um, system, which is our, also our balance. So that's another one that can be involved with balance. So vestibular kids might, you know how some people love being on swings? They yes, love that yes. feeling of maybe, you know, kids might be on a roundabout, you know. At the I playground. hated roundabouts. But I yeah. know certainly at the beginning of drop-off for preschool, a lot of kids liked being on the swings because it helped yeah. them to feel yeah. good about Yes. Being yeah. a preschooler. Yes, mind. yes. And so there's vestibular system, which is your balance um, in your inner ear. Um, then you've got an, your interoception. So that is our internal feelings. And some kids, you know, will be really aware of what's happening internally, like their temperature. Are they hot? Are they cold? Um, do they need to go to the toilet? Do they not? Are they hungry or are they not? They're all of our internal sensations that tell us these things. And sometimes... They t- that takes a while to develop as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've covered... So there are all the ways that our body is constantly taking in information. So what are the common things that you see? Yeah. And, and perhaps that you've experienced, because I know that you see your son has, yeah, has yeah. some of these too. Yeah. So I'll just explain a little bit about how, how, how it works. Someone once explained to me about a teacup scenario so you imagine that you've got a teacup so all of our sensory um all of those different ways those sensory systems imagine them as a teacup now you can either have a really small teacup of tolerance and so you know you only might need a tiny bit of sound to come in through your auditory system before that teacup's full and it's overwhelming for you yeah so you can have a small teacup of for that sensory um, system, or you might actually really have a big teacup where you need a lot of stimulation into that system for that to be full and for you know for the child to make sense of what's happening in their world and for the nervous system to kind of process and integrate what's going on um, in their environment and what's happening in the things that they're learning, etc. So it's about, and even adults can work out like, you know, how, how big a teacup they have for certain things. 
my noise teacup is quite small. So it's, if it gets too loud, I'm like, ah, oh, I can't think. And it's be overwhelming. If um, my husband's yeah. sitting next to me, he sometimes picks at his uh, fingernails. It drives me bonkers. Yeah. So I'm, going, so- I'm obviously a very intolerant person because I can't stand it, but that must be just, no. I shall. Yeah. yeah. And it just means that your auditory system is really sensitive and so it doesn't take much to tip us into sort of overwhelm and, and hard for us to process. Yeah. And so whereas some really need, so I know that I love firm pressure. So for me, my um, tactile um, system really likes deeper pressures. I might have a weighted blanket and that helps my body to come back into a feeling of like, oh, yeah, okay, I can mm. come back into balance. I can, you know, if I'm a bit... Um, what would say like in that sympathetic part of my nervous system, there are some things that I know help me to come back into regulation and to, and to come, you know, come back into balance. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, having that idea of a teacup kind of um, scenario or metaphor so that you can have an understanding of what your kids might need. So my son, I know it's too noisy for if we go into certain places and then he just, you know, it, it's too much for them. It's really hard for them to process. And so then that's when their behaviour might start to show us that, where they might go, you know, a little bit what we would typically say sort of those naughty behaviours or the behaviours that we don't, um, you know, we're parenting and parenting by connection, we don't label them no. naughty. but Off track, Patty describes it from hand in hand. Yes, exactly. I love that. But yeah. sort of for people that, you know, would... Um, don't necessarily label like that, but those yeah. sort of behaviours where we're like they're unenjoyable for for us. I now know, okay, it's a noisy environment. One, he might be just take take him out. It might be as simple as giving him some quiet time, taking him, connecting with him, having some playtime, and then then it's okay. So, I think that little bit just about reminding parents that there's always something happening underneath that behaviour. And so having a look at what that might be. And you're not always in a situation where we can listen to feelings um, or play, but even being aware of what sensory stuff might be overloading them and tipping them into that kind of dysregulated state. Yes, and that your child isn't going to come and say to you, mummy, this is too noisy in here, I I don't like it. What they're going to do is they're going to stop... Hitting their brother. Be challenging, yeah. Yes, or they might just be, you know, running away or they might be, you know, they're, they're really showing behaviours of that fight and flight response. And so yes. it's, not, um, it's not that they're, you know, all of those things that typically mainstream we tend to label, it's actually that there's things going on for them. Yeah. And so parents just being aware of like knowing what your kids like and what, how they process is really, I find really helpful. So I talk a lot about that with parents in the clinic and craniosacral therapy is one beautiful way of helping the nervous system to come back into balance and to um and to be able to move between those states more freely we just don't want to be stuck in one part of our nervous system if that makes sense yeah yeah um so so what can parents do then at home yeah Yep. So going back to your question about what they can do. So one, knowing about it and being aware of what their child likes and doesn't like, or just 
react, how your children react to certain things is, is the first observe what's going on. But then I would also ask them. And through play, I've found some beautiful ways that my son really likes to help feel calmer at nighttime. And so, you know, we often, we often might do them like, you know, people talk about meditation and yoga and, you know, those sort of calming things. But I find that won't work for a lot of people, especially if you're, um, if you are proprioceptively and tactile in your sensory systems. Um, Roughhousing for William, my son, has been the um, best thing for him to calm down at night time. So we actually get pillows and he gets to, um, you know, hit us and he's the more powerful one. And so we play lots of power reversal games but also he really likes to have the pillow on him and me push down <laughs> me, <laughs> for me to push down on his body. So, you know, parents can start to play when they're playing with their kids in the evenings or throughout the day, start to see what their children like. And when you put it through a lens of what is happening through their nervous system, then you can start to help them at nighttime calm down and to come back in because we need to be in that sort of parasympathetic state to sleep. Yes. And so um, he really loves that deep tactile pressure. So we'll actually, he loves having pillows all over his body. So we'll get pillows and we really push down hard, like on the pillows and we like push down we make it into a game where it might be like, I don't know, we make up different games. Yeah, one's, yeah. Called, one's called volcanoes and we push down on the pillows until the volcano erupts and he like jumps out. And, but he asks for it all the time. Mm. Um, and so another one he likes is a, is he, the deep pressure where we roll him up in a blanket. So I don't know how this started one day, but I rolled him up. <laughs> it's in a amazing blanket. how games can start. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> I know, but I rolled him up in a blanket really tightly and I pretended he was a sausage roll or a hot dog or something. And I, you know, was pretending to eat him. But so, so it's a game, but also in the back of my mind, because I had the therapist kind of background, I was like, ah, this is really helping his system come into a deep kind of pressure and so we were getting the laughter and the fun through the play at the same time as helping his nervous system to um, process his day through that deep, deep pressure. It was giving him what he needed to come back into balance. Yeah, it's fascinating. And listening to you, I'm thinking of my son, who's five, nearly six, and he cannot do enough roughhousing. He just yeah. he wants to do wrestling games all the time. And I enjoy it. But now I'm listening to you, I can see that there's an extra element to it like he likes obviously there's the power reversal and the, yeah. you know, the playfulness but there's obviously he's a real strong need for that physical that physicality yeah. that he yeah. needs yeah yeah and I think um it's just being aware of it like it's not replacing um you know it's just having that awareness of of what else is going on when we're playing with the kids mm. and finding ways to help them so I know a lot of the kids that I see might also be seeing um, might also be seeing an OT for these type. This is you know these types of things and pediatric um, physios and OTs. This is what we work on. Yeah. Um, but really, this is giving parents just a little bit of a snippet of, and starting to sort of shift the way they might be thinking about things, so that they 
And, and an OT and physio might give parents home exercises to do and home games to play. Yeah. But I think I love this because it's combining the, the attachment play with aware parenting and the play listening with hand in hand with a lens of like, ah, oh, this is why he loves this because it's yes. really helping this. And my daughter, she just loves massages. So um, she really likes the lighter touch and the oil and, and massaging her feet and massaging her hands. And she really, that's what she loves at night or, you know, before bed. So she'll ask for the massage stuff. My son will ask for um, the, the games where it's deep sort of pressure. The other one that we play a lot is joint compressions. So, you know, um, he, and he, again, this just came up where he was laying on his back and he bent his knees up. Um, and I just had my hands on his knees and we we're just bouncing his knees. So it's like laying on his back and he's sort of curled up in a ball. And I just was like bouncing his hand, like knees really. So he's sort of bouncing and he, then he was starting to use his voice and he did this like, Oh, you know, and then I did this up and down kind of almost like release through his voice. Now that is from a, nervous system point of view voice is a wonderful way of helping to co-regulate and helping to sort of down-regulate the nervous system so uh, it's just brilliant what kids will create because they know what they need and it's just a parent following that with a lens of oh this is really helping them not like oh this is silly why are we doing this weird weird." you know and so there we are we're both like laying on the, he's laying on the bed, on the floor and I'm sort of just bouncing his knees and hips sort of kind of like, yeah, just rhythmically bouncing and he's using his voice to release and he's like, mom, that feels so good. Can we do that again? It's amazing. And so, and sometimes he still does it. And this was, we've been doing it since he was sort of three or four. Um, And so they're just ways that kids will naturally seek out what they need to regulate they might all of a sudden roll down the hallway (laughs) just, you know, and parents want to stop those things from happening because we can't, we've got to calm down. We've got to, um, we've got to get ready for bed. We've got to do the sort of calming down routine. Yet what we aren't aware of is that the children are actually doing what their body needs to calm down and to regulate back into that parasympathetic state so they can sleep they're already doing it we just have to follow their lead um and and as you say view it through a different lens like i view it through the attachment play you know we're parenting lens but now to add this other aspect to it makes it just makes much more sense why they're doing all these things yeah and you'll also see so there's lots of different things you can get some weighted blankets um you know from there's like lots of sites that you can get and kids might like reading a book with a weighted blanket on their lap that might be all they need to really help shift them um Mm. there's also stretchy stocking kind of like almost like a full body stocking that you can get on like parents can google it and yeah and just pushing against this full body stocking it helps give their, their proprioceptive systems, their tactile, um, it helps give their body a sense of where they finish and, and, you know, their strength and their pressure and where they are. Great game. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many things like this that I just really find um, 
useful to watch in my own kids. Um, and that are relatively simple. Like, you know, yeah. your son, you're just sort of holding onto his knees. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's simple. And wrestling game on the bed, pretty simple yeah. game to do yeah. with then pillows. It's not, yeah. doesn't have to be really complicated. No. And I know another parent actually that their kid likes to be tossed, <laughs> likes to be swung. So, yes. you know, they get both parents like, um, hands and feet and like almost sort of swing the yeah, child. my son loves that too and yeah. you know that's that vestibular system is being stimulated oh, yes. and they're processing their day through you know how good it feels to have that swing swinging sensation now if you swing me I'll be sick <laughs> like, you know, yes. um, but it also they know what they need and it's following what our children um like and what they then ask for and say that feels so good can we do that again um because that they know what they need to to help come back into that state and sometimes because it doesn't look like behaviors that we deem normal or appropriate or whatever um we we shut it down but actually it's thinking a, that we should do something else like yeah let's do some quiet meditation, meditation now or, or yeah something calm but if your yeah. child is like no I want to be loud and I want to run around calming is not what they need right now no no and actually following you know um the other day my daughter was in bed and she was lying there and I was lying next to her and she was just wriggling like her legs wriggling and she was just agitated and I could easily get frustrated with that and go, lie still, lie still. It's time for sleep, lie still, yes. <laughs> which we've all done, I'm sure. And then you spend hours saying lie still, whereas <laughs> in actual fact, what could we do instead? And then everyone's getting frustrated because we're yeah. getting frustrated. They're feeling our nervous system. And so their nervous system going, well, mum's frustrated and like antsy. Well, I'll be more. It's just a, you know, it doesn't work. Yeah. So she then said, I need to move around, mum. I need to do some. Um, so I was like, okay. So we got up, we went into the lounge room. And we just got some pillows. We did some somersaults on the couch. We um, did, she wanted to sort of be upside down. So we did that for maybe 10 minutes. And then she's like, okay, I'm ready to go to bed now. She went and lay down and she was asleep within about five minutes. Wow. So that 15 minutes was spent much more connected with us. <laughs> I wasn't frustrated. I ended up having fun, you know, finding out what she wanted to do. And, and oh god i just love yeah. the sound of that's what you do i mean what an awesome mum you are to just go okay darling let's go and do some play in the living room oh, it wasn't quite like i was certainly you know like just go to bed because i've got all these things that i want to do and i've got you know like same as everyone but just, still to have that understanding that okay this is actually what's necessary yeah. rather than me yeah saying getting really annoyed with her yes yeah. so one of the things often that parents do talk about is you know labels and as i said earlier you know socks that they have to spend ages finding the right socks without seams and all this stuff. and that can become a real frustrating point because even when they do get something it seems to work for a little while and then th then seemingly yeah. the sensory issues come back again so what would you recommend for that sort of clothing sensory yeah there's a few things that you can do um from a um like a desensitizing type thing you can do. Um, some kids really like the body brushing. So there's actually brushes that you can get that sort of brush the body and it Gorgeous. gives that, um, gives that uh, desensitizing kind of um, experience to, to their system. So 
Uh, we tried that for a little bit with one of my children and they didn't necessarily love it too much. And so it's a re you know, something that you, you can try just to um, brush their skin. Some kids I know love it. Um, and then also with tags, from an aware parenting and parenting by connection point of view, whenever our children are getting really rigid in, mm. in an area, um, we know that there's probably some underlying feelings as well. So it's also about understanding. So sometimes my, um, my son, his, he gets a bit sensory with tags. And so most of the time he's fine. And every now and then um, he'll get really, he's like, no, I don't want that sock, don't want that tag. And it gets kind of worse. That, yeah. for, me, that for me is two things. So first of all, it's also, it's an indicator that I know he probably needs a craniosacral therapy treatment. <laughs> How amazing to have a mum who's a craniosacral therapist. <laughs> so for me, that's a sign. So, and it might be something that parents you know, just track for when, when he gets really sensitive with tags and things, and he's just a bit more um, off track than, than sort of his normal. I go, oh, okay. His, his, his system is a bit more, up and a bit more in that sympathetic part and he just a, a craniosacral session really for me help he really helps him to relax and uh allows that nervous system a chance to then be able to shift between the you know the parts of our nervous system more easily so that you know i'll have a treatment and then he won't be sensitive for to tags for two or three months. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. So for those of us um, who are not cranial psychotherapists, obviously <laughs> take them to a cranial. Yes. You know, <laughs> I really, I really advocate for body work. You know, it's been a big part of our life for um, five or six years now. I've seen so many changes in my children through having body work done. So I, I would love every family, every child to have some, some body work. And I would also love every parent to have this lens that we now, you know, that we, aware parenting and, and parenting by connection understanding because I think they marry so beautifully and mm. you need all of them um, to, you know, kind of have that holistic approach. So, so when he's really sensitive with tags, I know that it's probably time for some body work. Um, but also there might be a time where he'd say he wants to, you know, he's not wearing a certain shirt or shorts, you know, or pants. He hates wearing pants. So um, there might be, a time where he kind of had to wear pants like we went to a funeral once and it was like we can't really wear these things so <laughs> I gave him a couple of choices so we had some choices but then I you know you might need to set a limit and I set a limit this is what we're wearing and, and then I listened to all the feelings that came up that morning around having to wear this pair of pants and you know listened and listened and listened and then he was fine after that with tag yeah. didn't you know it didn't and he wore of, the clothes wore fine the, for the funeral he wore the clothes fine for the funeral he was fine for the day and then you know what we'd sort of talked that he'll wear them for the funeral and then he'll put his other favorite things back on and and so then it actually you know when they're really rigid there might be some feelings underneath there too so it's about listening to those and then he's fine for a while wearing whatever he wants to wear so it's a dance between um just keeping track of how they are um, with their behaviours and things and um, whether there's extra added feelings underneath underneath their sort of sensory things already. 
Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, coming from a non-sacral cranial sacral mm. therapist point of view, but even just having, um, I had a family who went through one of my courses and they said they noticed changes within a week. Her child was really yeah. resisting all tags, all undies, all yeah. socks. And in a week of sort of implementing so much of the aware parenting approach, it just had gone. Yes. As, as, yeah. Alongside many separation anxiety. And yeah. it's, it's often really linked, isn't it? Yes. That you've, yeah. you've got an anxiety then it can become a focal point sometimes that yeah. I'm just, this label is driving, like my husband picking his fingernails drives yeah. me bonkers, but that could be a sign that I've got some other feelings coming up, but particularly yeah. for our children, it can be something they can focus on. Yes. And it will, you tend to hear it more when your nervous system is at capacity. So if you're a bit tired and you're a bit yes. more, um, like you said, if you've got more feelings and things that you're thinking about and a bit more stressed, those irritations will, will, be more prominent for you because your capacity for your nervous system to regulate is, you know, you're full up with yeah. all these other things. And it's the same for our kids. So, you know, when they're full up with, with feelings, with tension, with stress, with, you know, their fears um, and their nervous system is working really hard, they then have a less of a fuse for other things and less of, you know, a smaller ability to be able to, regulate and and take in other things so then the tags become a big issue um so absolutely setting a loving limit <clears throat> excuse me setting a loving limit and listening to the feelings that are underneath that is is you know a big key yeah um but also if you're playing with kids it's just having this um this other lens of what else could you know is helping with their nervous system so. Yeah, and I love those game suggestions that you're having. Yeah. So yeah, fantastic. I'm thinking if there's any more that I've got off the top of my head. Well, people can start to follow your lovely Facebook page and I'm sure that you'll be posting them if you yeah, have some more because you've given us so much today already. So yeah. thank you so much for yeah. that. So do you want to let us know where people can find out about you? Yes, absolutely. So embodiedtherapies.com.au is my website and then I've got a Facebook page, Embodied Therapies and Instagram and body therapies as well. So and where I'm, are you based if people want to come in and have I'm in a Adelaide. session? Okay. Yes. So I'm in Adelaide. So I've got a little clinic in Seacliff, which mm -hmm. is near the beach. And so if people want to come in, I do work on a Wednesday and Friday for sessions, an hour long sessions with kids and adults and families. And yeah, I love it. So gorgeous. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you again for coming on again. It's so lovely to have you and, um, and really in, incorporating aware parenting and parenting by connection with other modalities, such as the body work that you do, mm. I think is just so powerful and can really help to shift things mm. beautifully yeah. for children and yeah. for us, because we need it too. Yeah. When we get full, yeah. we need, we need this as well. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think that's a big key, what you just said then, because like, even just understanding your own, what you need as a parent, you know, I need listening. I have listening time, but I also really need body work, to, you know, and go and see a therapist myself. And then I really do love, you know, having silence because that helps, you know, so it's knowing what we love that mm. helps ourselves. And then we apply that to our kids and go, oh, well, if these things help us, like let's find out what really helps them because I think, it's all of those things. Yeah. Are. And actually now I'm thinking I'm going to book my tween, my 11 year old in for a massage. Cause I used to massage her all the time as a baby. Yeah. And then we got busy and haven't yeah. done it. And I think she would yeah. love that. So I'm going to yeah. find something for her too. Yeah. 
So I think that's wonderful. And uh, it's just finding those things that really uh, help our nervous systems to come back into that real nice balanced um, state, I think is really good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. It's been so wonderful talking to you. Thank you. I'll come on again another time. (laughs) That would be lovely. Anytime. Thank you very much. (laughs) Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and you can see how you can implement what we talked about today with your children and family. Be sure to hit subscribe in your podcast app to know when each episode is released. And I would love it if you could leave a review and share with your friends. And if you want to shout less and connect more, head over to parentingwithplay.com.au to download my quick guide of five simple games which you can start playing straight away. You really can transform your everyday parenting challenges with connection and fun. So have a great week and enjoy playing.